political bullshit. We're becoming a truly divided country, and it's not an accident. It's by design. Our very own president, Donald Trump, would rather see us in a second civil war than as a country that's truly united. This has become so much about the game to him that the actual purpose behind government and his role in it is entirely lost on him. He doesn't care about the general welfare of the people. He doesn't care about defending our freedoms or our lives. He cares about himself looking good and Democrats looking bad. And we're all pawns that he uses to accomplish that. When he cut the pandemic programs in 2018, he didn't do that with the general welfare of the American people in mind. He did that like a businessman taking a gamble with his business. He knew the pandemic teams would be necessary at some point. Everybody knew that. He just took the gamble that that point wouldn't be during his presidency. So he gambled with our lives by guessing we wouldn't be hit with the pandemic during his presidency. And it was an easy gamble for him to make because he's the president. If there's a pandemic, he'll be fine. He'll have access to all the tests, the best doctors, treatments if he needs them. He gambled with our lives to make it look like he was doing a better job. It'd be like a parent taking all the seatbelts out of the car except for the driver's seat and then selling them for a few extra bucks. Risking everybody's lives, but except for their own, in order to tighten the budget because, well, I want to run my family like a business and we needed more money. Well, there's some things that shouldn't be treated like a business, like family or a government, because people's lives aren't product. And the end, the, the bottom line, doesn't justify the means. But he was looking at it like a businessman. He's the CEO and we're the product. And everybody said, oh, he's going to be so great. He's going to run it just like a business. That's what we need. Well, if that's true, why, if you actually think that way, why would you pick a businessman that's bankrupted like 11 of his businesses? Why would you pick somebody who has a clear history of taking gambles and losing? He literally is running it like one of his businesses. Unfortunately, it's just one of the failed ones. And you might say, well, that's no fair. I mean, the economy was doing great before all this COVID shit. And first off, yeah. The economy was doing fine on paper, but three things. It wasn't sustainable. Two, the overall well-being of American lives doesn't go up with the stock market. There's a difference between quality of life and economic bottom line. And three, he actually slowed down economic progress from the Obama era. Comparing Obama's last three years in office to Trump's first three years, so not including any of the shenanigans that happened this year, he kept things moving in the general direction of progress, but he actually slowed the progress down overall by like 60%. If you look at the unemployment rate, for example, it slowed down nearly 70% his first three years in office compared to Obama's last three years. And his 2017 tax cuts that everybody was so happy about because it cut taxes for everybody, but by 2025, his tax plan will have actually raised taxes for most working Americans while the tax cuts for the rich are permanent. And there was a recent study that was just put out that shows that the tax cuts are not sustainable and they'll have to be raised by 2025, which would be the year that Trump leaves office if he wins this election, by the way. And even if you do look at it just like a business, these tax cuts were still not good for the business of the U.S. According to the Congressional Research Service, despite the tax cuts costing us $2 trillion, mainly in large tax cuts for major corporations, the trickle-down effect that was supposed to boost the economy, of course, never happened. So even on paper, as a business, it doesn't work out. It only works out for the corporations and the ultra-rich. But anyway, that's besides the point. Trump, the businessman, looked at the U.S. like a business, 
and he took a gamble with our lives when he cut the pandemic teams and the programs. He cut the maintenance contract to the federal stockpile of masks and ventilators to save money. Not many people know this, but we actually had an entire stockpile of masks and ventilators and other equipment. But since they weren't being used, they were being saved as a backup for, I don't know, a pandemic. We had to pay for their maintenance every few months. Well, he looked at it and he said, well, we're not using them. Why spend the money on them? So he took the gamble and he cut the maintenance contracts. He just assumed that the next pandemic wouldn't occur during his presidency, so he wouldn't take the hit when they were actually needed. But as you know, the pandemic did hit during his presidency, and we did need masks and ventilators quite a bit. So what happened to that federal stockpile? I mean, we had a stockpile. It was all there, but he cut the maintenance contract. So all the masks were dry rotted and the vent ventilators were no longer functional because he stopped paying for their maintenance. And who paid for that gamble? There are clearly more deaths in the U.S. than any other countries, especially the countries that were well-prepared. So the people that lost their lives, they're the ones that paid for that gamble. And who else paid for it? I mean, because we had a shortage of masks and medical equipment, we had to shut down the economy. And now we're in an economic crisis with unemployment comparable to the Great Depression. Now compare that to Japan. They didn't shut down their economy. They all just wore masks. They were prepared. And they have less than 1,000 dead and less than 3% unemployment. And now look at us. 3 million cases, 130,000 people dead, and a real unemployment rate of over 20%. You might think, well, Japan is much smaller than the U.S. And yes, it is, but not, not by that much. We're twice as big as Japan, but our death rate is 130 times that of Japan. So something is clearly wrong here. And it's obvious to the entire world, and most of us... But not all of us, unfortunately. And it could have been avoided if we had a true leader, one that actually looked at us and wanted to unite the people. They looked at us as a united people and they wanted to do what was best for those people. Instead, he sees blue people and red people and media and billionaires. And then above all of them is himself. It's a game and those are all the pieces on the board and he's the king. And even after his past of acting as a divisive leader, even after all of that led to an economic crash and 130,000 people dead, he continues to push on it with the same us versus them mindset even harder because there's an election coming. He doesn't look at the garbage fire in front of him and try to find a way to put it out. He doubles down on it. He doubles down on division and he does everything he can to further divide us. He keeps pushing that divide and using the divide to gamble with American lives to justify gambling with American lives. He just announced the other day on Twitter that he's going to defund schools or he, he threatened defunding schools if they don't open up this fall. If the schools don't open up in the middle of a pandemic. So he is trying to force schools to reopen regardless of how safe it might be. Now, it's one thing if you want to argue about whether or not they should open up. But to force them to open up at a time like this is incredibly immoral, and it's cruel. It's not, a, not even a political issue. It's a humanitarian issue. And the impact of something like this, that statement is even deeper than it seems on the surface. If he actually follows through with his threat to defund schools that don't open up in the middle of a pandemic, and if he uses money as a tool to gamble with our lives that way, then he's just going to be 
further cementing the issues of class division and systemic racism on top of lives that might be lost because of it. And especially to do that right now, what's the other big issue right now, the third crisis besides the pandemic and the economic crisis? Racial inequality. And that's clearly, that's tied to both the pandemic and the economic crisis too. The New York Times just reported on some new federal statistics that came out, which weren't immediately available, by the way. The New York Times had to literally sue to get a hold of this information. But when they got a hold of it, it showed that in New York City, Hispanics represented 34% of the total deaths due to COVID-19, while only being 29% of the total population. African Americans accounted for 28% of the deaths, while only representing 22% of the population. And so then the remaining would be 38% of deaths with 49% of the population. So to make that a little easier to compare, Hispanic deaths were 17% over their population. African-American deaths were 27% over their population. The remaining deaths are 22% under their population. That's a huge disparity. So minorities are much more likely to be heavily affected by this pandemic. An even more alarming statistic is in Milwaukee, African-Americans account for 26% of the population, but for 70% of the deaths. So they're only a quarter of the population and they're nearly three quarters of the deaths. And this is just another clear sign of systematic racism, whether it's due to the living conditions, if they're more clouded, crowded living conditions or closer living quarters, if lack of healthcare or adequate healthcare, or if they're more prone to it because of underlying health issues like diabetes, which is also linked to poverty, whatever it is, it's clear that minorities are being affected by this disproportionately. And then an, another issue in poor neighborhoods, which are disproportionately populated by minorities, is education. Schools in poor neighborhoods cannot afford cuts to their funding. And by requiring schools to open up or lose their funding, there's really no other option for these schools than to open up. So you're not just putting the general public at risk, you're disproportionately putting the lower class at risk. And the people that live in areas that already lack an education you're putting their health at risk and you're furthering the class divide, which will inevitably further the issue of systemic racism because that's what lies at the base of systemic racism is the class divide. And then just look at how he announced it. The Dems think it would be bad for them politically if U.S. schools open before the November election, but is important for the children and families. May cut off funding if not open. So again, he's turning it into a partisan issue. It shouldn't be a partisan issue. You shouldn't be politicizing this, but he's using it as a political weapon to harm the spooky Democrats. I mean, forget about the children, forget about the families that the children will definitely get sick when they come home infected with COVID. We got to beat the Dems. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? A few thousand deaths, maybe 10, 20,000 deaths. It's better than the alternative. Think of how weak Trump will look if the schools are still closed. Because everybody will think that coronavirus isn't under control yet. All the countries will make fun of us. Let's not wait to get it under control. We, let's just pretend it is. That's fine. And why wouldn't he pretend it? Because it's worked for him for literally everything else. Doesn't want something to be true? Just pretend it isn't true. You want something to be true? Just pretend it's true. Now he's trying to convince the whole world that we're doing just fine by just powering right through all the deaths. Just put on your blinders and keep walking. If you don't look, it's not real. He, he's a pathological liar, and for some god-awful reason, we gave him the most powerful position in the world. 
And the, the pathological part of his brain is just having a day with it. It's like a little kid at Six Flags or a fat kid at Cheesecake Factory. That's why there's such a strong split between the people because it's not hard for so a lot of people to see through the pathological liar eventually. But if he wants to maintain a base of support, he needs to separate those that still believe him, his supporters, from everybody else. They're all the liars, not me. That's why he's the biggest divider in the country right now, because he has to be. Sure, there were, I mean, there were a lot of Trump supporters who were on board at first. And okay, I, I kind of get it. I would never support him, but I can give you the benefit of the doubt if you fell for it in the beginning, his drain the swamp rhetoric. But so many of them hung on to that bandwagon and now they're just in too deep and they're in for the entire ride and they're not getting off no matter where it takes them. That's why it's gotten to the point where they literally won't believe scientists, doctors, researchers, anything any sort of professional says, but then anything said by at real Donald Trump is 100% without a doubt unequivocally true. And then now with the election coming up, he's just doubling down on every little shitty thing about him. He's politicizing everything. And yeah, the media is guilty of that too, to a large degree, but not nearly as guilty as Donald Trump is. However bad the media is, Donald Trump is so much worse because he's an actual political figure with the highest position in the United States. And that brings with it an entirely different influence. He planted the seed that the coronavirus was a hoax. Even if that was taken out of context and he was actually saying the Democratic response to it was a hoax, that still puts out a signal to his people don't take it seriously because that's what the Democrats want you to do. Now you have people throwing literal tantrums all over the country about wearing masks, refusing to wear them in businesses that are trying to require them for the safety of the, their customers and employees. And now they're even attacking other people for wearing masks because it feeds the agenda. What really pisses me off about this is that these are the same people that were probably the most upset about shutting down the economy. And if we all wore masks from the beginning, like Japan did, we might not have even had to shut down the economy. And if you don't want to shut the economy down again, wear your fucking mask. That's literally all you have to do. It's a mask. It's not about you. It's about everyone around you. People, I'm so sick of people saying, if you don't feel safe, you can wear a mask. My freedom doesn't end where your fear begins. Yeah, well, my foot doesn't end where your ass begins. I don't know how many times you have to be told this. It should only be once. You don't wear a mask to prevent yourself from getting sick. You wear it to prevent other people from getting sick. You wear it to prevent spreading it. And just because you don't feel sick doesn't mean you aren't sick. And just because you're asymptomatic, that doesn't mean you can't spread it. That's not the same thing as contagious. But anyway, the division he's created, now you have people refusing to take the pandemic seriously because they're liberal-hating freedom lovers. And it is going to prolong the pandemic. And it's going to prolong the economic depression. And it is going to cause more deaths. He's politicizing everything. He politicized the civil rights protests by making it seem like it was a tool for the Democrats to take over the government. It, yeah, it was technically a political issue from the beginning. But to use it to turn it into a partisan issue and fuel the partisan divide the way he did is just another ploy for him to beat down the Democrats. And now you have people that don't understand what the protests are about at all. They literally think we want to abolish all police so we can rob your house and kill people. And they're beginning to act 
so radical they're bordering on terrorism. Since these protests have started, there have been 60 instances, over 60, of people intentionally driving into crowds of protesters with the intent to injure or kill them. Why? Tell, tell me why that shouldn't be considered a terrorist attack. Intentionally harming a, a group of people in an act of violent, direct opposition to a social agenda or to push your own social agenda? That's literally what terrorism is, and that also literally describes somebody intentionally driving into a crowd of protesters because they don't support the protests. Donald Trump is going all in on this with the culture war, with deception, deception and lies to get supporters to think that racism doesn't exist and it's not about systemic racism at all. Because of course racism doesn't actually exist. Of course America can't be broken. We aren't actually protesting racial disparity. We're just a highly organized secret militia forming a coup to take over the government and put ourselves at the top as a tyrannical leaders. Of course, that's our secret agenda. But at the same time, don't forget we're also sensitive snowflake liberals that are blindly being drawn to statues like moths to a light to tear them down. And we don't, we don't even know what the statues are. We're just tearing them down because it's a statue. Yeah, this is honestly what people believe now. And it's just another strategic lie for Trump to beat down his opponent, the left. A, a little bit more and a little more. But he's underestimating how loyal some of his supporters are, and now they're literally driving into crowds of protesters in the name of freedom. And it's just favoring partisan politics. People are doing this because they fell for a ploy to further the partisan divide. Just look at this ad he put out against Joe Biden. You have reached the 911 police emergency line. Due to defunding of the police department, we're sorry, but no one is here to take your call. If you're calling to report a rape, please press one. To report a murder, press two. To report a home invasion, press three. For all other crimes, leave your name and number and someone will get back to you. Our estimated wait time is currently five days. Goodbye. I'm Donald J. Trump and I approve this message. First off, that's not what defund the police means at all. Yet that's what his base is believing, and that's because that's what he's telling them. And it's dangerous to put these lies out there because if people actually think we're aiming to abolish any and all forms of law enforcement, that we're literally aiming for anarchy, then people are going to act radically to stop it. Of course they are, if they actually believe that. And that's a result of propaganda. And secondly, Joe Biden doesn't believe that. <laughs> He never said he was in favor of defunding the police, like not even a little bit. When he was asked about it, he said he wants to increase funding for the police, which is a whole nother conversation for a whole other day, because why the hell would you want to increase funding for something that's already financially bloated and systematically broken? But that's a different conversation. It's, it's ridiculous that they're going all in on that narrative. And it's such a blatant lie that Trump's campaign even got called out for it on Fox News. If you think I'm over-exaggerating with all my yelling and complaining, just remember that Fox News called out the Trump campaign over this. Listen. He wants to defund the police. He'll allow our, our cities uh, to devolve into this hellscape. People just looting and rioting, smashing in storefronts, stealing people's merchandise. He's allowed all that. He's not called that out in any way. He's been silent. We just want to say that uh, the president... Uh, uh, Vice President Biden never said he would defund the police. Uh, that is something that uh, many people on the Democratic side have said. But let's just move on. You know what's bad when even Fox News is saying you're being dishonest. 
They keep saying things like Biden's in the pocket of the radical left and Biden's just a puppet for Bernie and AOC who are really the ones running the show, which I wish that was the case. That would be awesome, but that couldn't be farther from the truth. That's literally the main issue that many people on the left have with Joe Biden, that he couldn't be further from a progressive and still be considered left. I mean, is it blatant lying or are they just that out of touch? On its face, it seems like it's just another deceptive scare tactic to strengthen their support and, and maybe scare any of the on-the-fencers who still don't understand the word socialism. But at the same time, they also think so little of the left that maybe they'll just believe anything. Like they fell for the online petition to replace the statue of Christopher Columbus with the statue of Chef Boyardee. And then to, <laughs> to rename the town of Columbus to Flavortown after celebrity chef and lead singer of Smash Mouth, Guy Fieri. Um, let's talk about Cleveland, where they have decided, the city council um, is looking at a petition right now to replace a statue of Christopher Columbus which, with a statue of Chef Boyardee. And many people may not realize that actually was a real person, an Italian immigrant. And I can put up on the screen what they're saying about this and the reasons behind this on the petition. It says, Chef Boyardee has been a go-to inexpensive meal for poor families for generations. During the current pandemic of 2020, Stores routinely sold out of many Chef Boyardee products due to the high demand. He truly created a fast, easy meal anyone can enjoy. Chef Boyardee is a much better role model then. Let's go now to Columbus, Ohio, where 25,000 signatures have hit a petition there to change the name of the city after an idea by chef, famous chef and TV host Guy Fieri to Flavortown. Let me read a little bit from that petition here. Quote, for one, it honors Central Ohio's proud heritage as a culinary crossroads and one of the nation's largest test markets for the food industry. Secondly, celebrity chef Liberty, excuse me, Guy Fieri was born in Columbus. So naming the city in honor of him, he's such a good dude, really, would be superior to its current nomenclature. The fact that they saw that and immediately thought, oh, look at what the crazy lefties want to do now. Not only do they want to tear down these statues, they want to replace them all with Chef Boyardee. And they want to replace the Lincoln Memorial with the Pink Panther. Like somebody thought it was 100% dead serious. And all the people that had to go through before it landed in front of the camera, and they all had just fallen so deeply for their own propaganda that they aired it on national television as a serious news story. I don't know if they're just that stupid or if they think their viewers are that stupid. But either way, it just shows how deep the divide is getting and how out of touch they are. I cannot think of a time that we need to be more united than right now. Three of the biggest crises in modern history are happening at the same time. And not only are we divided, but our very own president is doing the dividing. He's fueling the division. It's 2020. We should be able to talk about the issues that are affecting all of us. We should be able to talk about the issue of racial disparity that clearly exists without backlash. We should all, without question, be putting in the effort to keep ourselves and each other healthy when we're in the middle of a pandemic, just like everybody else in the world is. I mean, 130,000 Americans have died. We account for 25% of all COVID-19 deaths in the world, even though we're less than 5% of the population. Yeah, we're not doing well. 130,000 Americans have died. Usually something like that would unite us. 9-11, 3,000 people died and everyone came together. It dissolved boundaries.
we've had four separate days where just shy of 3,000 people have died in a single day since this pandemic started due to COVID-19. But because it's being used as a political tool to divide us, we're far from united. We're letting it divide us further. And Donald Trump is so out of touch, he just keeps going all in on this culture war instead of taking the opportunity to actually lead during multiple ongoing crises. I mean, he gave a speech the other day where he was bragging about how we're going to be going to Mars soon. He's talking about going to Mars right now. How about we focus on making Earth and the United States habitable before we focus on going to fucking Mars? How about we focus on the pandemic that's killed over 130,000 Americans? How about we do something about the unnecessary poverty and wealth inequity that's plaguing our country? How most Americans would be absolutely screwed if they needed $400 for an emergency? Or the fact that our law enforcement is just somehow getting away with murdering people and that's just okay. Or how we've had over 28 million people with no health insurance before the pandemic and now there's another 20 million people with no health insurance since the pandemic has started. And then now to add salt to the wound, the Trump administration is, for some reason, deciding to focus on dismantling the Affordable Care Act right now, which would cause another 20 million people to lose their health care in the middle of a pandemic. That's the most absurd thing you can focus on right now, dismantling the Affordable Care Act. Something that would cause 20 million people, more people, to lose their insurance. Since the pandemic has started, 500,000 people have signed on to the Affordable Care Act. This would kick all of them off and the rest of the 20 million. And if they get sick, which they might, because we're in the middle of a pandemic, they would be absolutely screwed. I mean, one guy got his bill for his coronavirus treatment, and it was over $1 million. And he had, like, all the insurance, everything you could possibly have. He was set up with all the bells and whistles. And in the end, he still had to pay $50,000 for getting sick. That, that's way too much money. Now imagine if he didn't have insurance. He'd be absolutely screwed. He'd be financially ruined. He'd have to go bankrupt. He'd lose everything. And Trump wants to make sure that tens of millions more people have that very same opportunity to lose all their shit too. Because he doesn't care about the people. He doesn't care about the, your general welfare. He cares about the game and the Affordable Care Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, as an Obama legacy. And he can't have that around while he's in office, even if it means people's lives being ruined and also very likely people dying. Because it's an unfortunate truth, but when people don't have insurance, they'll just not go to the doctor because they don't want to go bankrupt. And they'll try and tough it out. And especially during a pandemic, that leads to more death. Now, if he was going to replace the Affordable Care Act, that'd be one thing. But there's no replacement. It's just goodbye, now get fucked. Repeal and replace. That used to be the motto. And even Trump said the Republican Party will become known as the party of health care. But they literally can't think of a replacement. Because they just hate people that much, I guess. And now it's just repeal. And uh, we're going to go focus on this other thing now. We're going to... Hey, we might land on Mars after you die, though. Like, it's, it's cruel. Like, actually cruel. To take away health care in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, Obamacare was far from perfect. It had plenty of flaws and a lot of people were upset about it, but it was better than nothing. It at least gave millions of people relief who wouldn't have otherwise had it. And that's incredibly important during a pandemic. And incredibly important during an unemployment crisis 
where millions of people lost their insurance because of our ridiculous tendency to tie health insurance to our jobs. I mean, if they wanted to repeal and replace it with something that would allow those people to maintain some form of coverage, then all right. I'm sure people would love that because people hated Obamacare. But you can't repeal it and just not replace it during a pandemic. That's literally cruel. And it's just another method to strengthen the divide. It has nothing to do with healthcare and what it does for the people. It has to do with partisanship. It was created by Obama, so it's got to go. Because he plays for the other team. This behavior is dividing the nation. It's destroying the nation. It's destroying lives. He's not a leader. He's a divider. Political bullshit.